This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, well, welcome everybody to this uh, bonus uh, edition of uh, Forever Bristol City podcast. I was just settling down to watch uh, Escape to the Country or something like that, but uh, I saw it come up on uh, OTIB under the heading, He's Gone. Uh, He's Gone, meaning Nigel Pearson. Uh, I called up Ian and uh, Ian uh, joining me. I've tried to get hold of some of our other contributors. And indeed, if you look on Twitter, there is a link to come into the live studio as well as watching live on YouTube. If you watch live on YouTube, you can make um, uh, comments on the text feed, but we can have four or five people in the studio. So, you know, if I see you, click the link and come in. I'll let you have uh, your say. Uh, Ian, I expect, like me, you you know, you expect, I saw Sheffield Wednesday won today, so we weren't going to be the first team to lose to them next week, which uh, was wildly being uh, heralded. But, uh, did it surprise you when I phoned you about half hour ago and said he's gone? Yeah, I, I put myself in, in the camp that says surprised but not shocked. Mm. Um, I'm not shocked that Dave Rennie's gone because of all, all the comments that we made on last night's pod about injuries. I'm not shocked that Nigel's gone because of how he's been uh, in the last two or three interviews, even yesterday when Ali Durden, I think, said to him, well, um, see you next week. Not yet. I'll be here. Well, hopefully. Mm. And you start to think. You know, we we've all said, and 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 it, we're not geniuses. It's been said widely that there's something wrong behind the scenes. There's something going on down there. It's not a happy camp. Uh, there's no great relationship between Pearson and the um, what he called the hierarchy. So, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not shocked. Um, as things turn to who's next, someone's uh, already commenting on here who's next. Rowett, Eustace, Lampard, uh, even Lee Johnson. Never surprised me if Steve Lansdowne brought him back. Wouldn't want him, but there you go. And the other name I'll throw into the hat, it might be the ex-QPR and Rangers manager, uh, Bill. Yeah. So 
that 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 you just look at who's available. Uh, could it be Frank Lampard? We're probably a bit. Well, who's available? For Frank. And, who, and who would we want? I mean, the fact of the matter is, as well, that he's got rid of. In line with this, he's got rid of Jason Yule. I don't know what he's done wrong. Uh, and head of medical performance, Dave Rennie. Yeah, now you know that. Well, Rennie, I I can understand because of all the injuries, and and perhaps they've looked into it, and uh, uh, questions were asked, and there the answers were either the not the ones they wanted to hear or weren't forthcoming. Uh, and Dave Rennie was very much Nigel Pearson's appointment or or his man. So we worked Jason together all those years at Leicester, hadn't they? Yeah, they did, and. Then you look at um, who's in charge, Curtis Fleming, who's also very much um, Nigel Pearson's choice. But I suppose you had to leave somebody there to keep running it. Yeah. Um, but it says assistant manager Curtis Fleming will take on the role of interim head coach, supported yeah. by Ali Hines and Khalifa Cisse. Now, I didn't even realise Khalifa Cisse was still at the club, but who's Ali Hines? I should know this, but I don't. Well, Ali Ali Hines is has done Robin's TV a few times. He's a, I think he's what they call an, a development coach down there. So um, it, it'll be people that the players players are used to because Nigel's not been a tracksuit coach for quite a long time. By and, and that's Nigel saying that, not me. And by the way, before I forget, good luck to him. Good luck to him with his health, with the neuro neurological condition and with his back um operation because i know what it's like to have back trouble not as bad as he's got i gotta be perfectly honest but um as somebody else has said on the comments line proof will be in the pudding now let's see what plan lansdowne's have now serious about promotion or serious to sell well i would say they're serious about both on those uh sam rousel said we'll be toxic on saturday that depends how the game goes um, I mean, it's like when and, Terry Venables left, left West Bromwich Albion, there were all these talks about you got to boycott the club. And then whoever came in, you know, if you're 3-0 up at halftime against Sheffield Wednesday, it ain't going to be toxic, is it, at the end of the day? No, it's it's not. And 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 we need to know who, you know, who's going who's gonna to come in. The, the runners and riders will soon emerge if a an appointment isn't in the offing already, because this is would appear to me something's been there's been radio silence from the board so it would yeah. appear to me that something's um been going on for a few weeks so it may be that there's an appointment in the offing we we obviously we don't know that's just pure speculation so i'm not claiming to know but it, it hasn't it's been salty hasn't it for the last two or three weeks and, i think those and, comments um, that you it, made it, like it those comments he made after the coventry game were it was sticking it was prodding the bear which is the lansdowne family i mean let's leave, let's let's see the i actually thought to begin with somebody had made up a bloody good effigy of uh, the official website you know because the timing what was it two two forty five in the afternoon and this is it, it this is what it says it said bristol nigel pearson has left bristol city with immediate effect after being relieved of his role as manager now couple of people put on there with immediate effect. But the second half of the sentence says, after being relieved of his role as manager, City Chairman John Lansdowne, oh, he does speak, this was a difficult decision to make as we recognise and appreciate how much Nigel has done for the club over the past two and a half years, on and off the pitch. 
Nigel is highly respected by the staff and players and has been very supportive of the academy structure and our women's team. We all wanted Nigel to achieve our ambition to be promoted, but with our recent results, feel that now is the time to make a change to give the club the best possible chance of success. I mean, it's hollow words, really. We all wanted Nigel to achieve our ambition to be promoted, even though we didn't give him any of the money for selling Alex Scott and bringing him in, into the team in a way that no other manager would have done, such that he was able to really realise that value so soon. I think that statement sucks, Ian, don't you? Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's the standard statement that you can release without getting sued by Nigel Pearson or the LMA. So uh, no doubt Nigel Pearson will put something, and I would imagine it would be a pretty classy response, um, on Twitter or Instagram or one of the media, media sites or one of his, his agent or his representatives will. Um, and it, it's a shame. Nobody ever wants any manager, down, even managers that I am particularly rated, and that's a few, Sean O'Driscoll, uh, Lee Johnson. You wanted to... Um, you wanted them to do well. I've never gone to a Bristol City game hoping we lose. And I've never met anybody that did, irrespective of how they felt about a manager. So it's a rotten shame. But as we said on the podcast last night, it's a results game. And as I said on there, and there's recordings, so I'm not making this up after the event. I've never disliked Nigel Pearson. I have disliked the results we've had in some of the football we've played under him. I'll make no secret of that. Yeah. And I'm not going to start... Um, speaking ill of him when he's gone but yeah i agreed with a lot of things he said after the game but what he didn't seem to have for me with that many solutions so it, it it's now a case of as it always is in football uh the king is dead long live the king so somebody else is going to come in and it will depend exactly how they do as to how the fans react to them yeah i mean it's interesting one of our uh one of our our gang i won't say who I said bit of news from uh, uh, that he's heard from someone in the know down at Ashton Gate that Rowett has been lined up and Pearson could be gone before the next international break. Now, the person who sent me this just now said, had this yesterday, forgot to uh, share. Rowett was being largely touted uh, on, uh, on, on OTIB within the last uh, 24 hours. Is he... What 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 would you say is the good and the bad of Rowett? From some respects, you know, he's managed a small budget. He's managed at Millwall, but he walked away from Birmingham because he thought there was something better up the road. He's not. He's he's one step up from Nathan Jones in terms of likability, I would say. But what what's your view on that, Ian? Um, it wouldn't be wouldn't be my choice, but it depends who it is. I mean. You firstly, you look at what's available. The Lansdowns aren't going to want to pay compensation. So you go through a list of available managers and the way the industry works is it's a constant um, recycling of incompetent labour. And when I say incompetent labour, I mean people that keep getting sacked. So most managers have been sacked on a number of occasions that you get. Um no, you're right. And Every manager has got a track record of failure somewhere. Yeah, unless you're, Alex you're, in, you're, in re, you're in recruitment. If, and if I came to you with a CV that said I've been sacked from my last five jobs, you, you wouldn't look at me, would you? So no, and then the sacking, Ian, the sacking, and then there's 
leaving by mutual consent because they could have. I mean, it's very it is quite black and white the way they said it. They could have said by mutual consent, but it's with immediate effect, relieved of his duties. They could have done it in a way that sort of makes some play on the medical side of things. Yeah. I mean, it's a diff it's a you know, how how do you package this up to leave everybody with a bit of dignity? Because at the moment, the Lansdowns, if they were in the, everybody's firing line prior to this happening, everybody's going to be looking to them for something significant to restore the fans' confidence. Because one of the com comments I've seen on numerous postings on OTIB is, I'm done, I'm done. Even we said yesterday, we're disillusioned. I, yeah, I, well, there's disillusioned and there's done. The number of times I've, eaten, I've heard people say I'm not coming down here anymore and lo and behold, two weeks, three weeks later, they're back down there. It, it, it's a results based business. And if the next guy comes in and we and I don't think it'll happen like this, but if the next guy came came in and we won five or six on the trot, Nigel Pearson would be forgotten. The same as it's lots of previous managers. And, that, and that's it's is it unfortunate, but that's the way that the industry that the industry is no nobody wants oh we don't want this bloke we don't want that bloke we don't want the other bloke we're in a uh, at a level where we can attract i would what i would call the very top managerial talent right if ten hag got the boot at man united he ain't coming here or if Pep at Man City, Jurgen Klopp, we're not going to get that type of goal. No, of so course. We, but what I would like to see, and somebody else here has said, we need a young, um, progressive manager, someone like McKenna Ipswich, fresh ideas and likes working with youth. Uh, Nigel has been unlucky with the injury hit squad this year. McCrory, a prime example. And that's true. And someone else is saying, well, he's not no backing in August. Well, he did get back in. He signed McCrory, who we haven't seen yet. He signed, he signed Rob, Rob Dickey. He signed Rob Dickey. Mm. He signed Jason Knight. So he did get back in and he did get money to do it. And he did get money previously. The real thing I think that that's that has killed him stone dead is the injuries. And that may be, it may be, it may be not why um Dave Rennie's gone. We don't know if he if he uh was asked to leave or whether it's mutual consent or resigned. Same with Jason Yule. Everybody would assume, but he said that he's left the club with immediate effect um, after being relieved of his of his duties. Now that, for all the world, sounds like sacked. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how the story. No, that's what I'm saying. He's been sacked. Yeah, that's the word that I would use. But why is Jason Yule gone as well? Because they were, you know, it, it, we've got rid of a package. Does that mean that whoever is going to come in? Yeah, it's going to be, might they go for an experienced head with that young coach? Because if you look at McKenna, his pedigree coming here, or coming to Ipswich rather, he was at Man United, yeah? We don't want somebody that's a good up-and-coming coach that's not proven. Uh, you know, he might be up-and-coming within League Two, but we know what it's like when we try and bring players into the club from League Two. It's a bloody big step up, isn't it? Yeah, but McKenna, you'd have to say he he went as far as I'm aware, he went to Ipswich from Man United. Yeah. So, what's so wrong with looking at? Is there a good number two? Is there a good number two 
you know, if it, I mean, if it well, was, if, the, if there was somebody at Man City and Arteta was at Man City in that sort of capacity, but if they took a good up and coming coach from a Premier League side that I'd never heard of McKenna until he popped up at Ipswich, what is going to appease the fans? Because this is just the way it's been done and the timing, everybody is massively pissed off. Well, the Lansdowns won't worry about appeasing the fans. Unless the fans want to come up with a you know a couple of hundred million and buy the club, uh, they do need the fans, but the fans are there. So unless yeah. people start not buying season tickets, not travelling away, one thing and another, they probably won't take a great deal of notice. Yeah, their focus would be on who do we bring in um, that's going to uh, make the club more successful. Now the the yeah. is it Maresca, the guy at Leicester? Well, hang on, whoa, whoa. The, Maresca, the guy at Leicester, was Pep Guardiola's assistant. Yeah, he's done really well. But in fairness, he's got a much better squad of players to work with than we've got. And Leicester yeah. are a bigger club than we are. But uh, but they've still got financial issues, which meant they had to sell their best players, which we've done. Okay, so yeah, let me just stop you there. I've just got one of our contributors has come in. It's going to be on the speakerphone, but that's better than nothing. Uh, and I'm going to bring in uh, Neil. Neil, you're out and about. I called you about half an hour ago. Um, are you maybe not shocked at the departure, but shocked at the timing, yes? I'm not shocked at the departure because it's quite clear over the last couple of weeks that the relationship's broken down. I mean, those, those comments after the Coventry game by Pearson, and then there was nothing from the board at all, no comments, no support. And then um, he said in a week, oh, I've had very positive meeting with you know the COO nothing about having a meeting with the Lansdowns or anything at that time I thought well he's basically gone I'm a bit shocked by the comments from John Lansdowne I have to say you cannot say that we've given him a remit to get promotion mm. cut the budgets by 40% and not support him once the Scott money's come in you cannot turn around and say it's a results-based industry and then say, we've got 12 players out injured. 12 key, in a lot of ways, 12 key players to it. Well, and half of them, at least half of them, would be in the starting lineup if fit, wouldn't they? Yeah. You, you put, we're operating on an extremely small squad. And if you put some, even half of those injured players into the team, we would be consistently more um, productive and actually a much better team. With a full squad of players, he's built a team within that. I, I can't think of one. I can't think of a dismissal that is going to be so less supported. Normally, we get to the stage where we're, you know, managerial appointments, where and dismissals in this particular case, whereby you know there is something that has gone wrong in the club, or we're languishing, or things we're on a a slide in this one it's all about our personalities yeah. it's all about personalities for the landstands and for them not to come out and actually just say that they could easily come out and just say okay the working relationship between the parties it's got to the stage where we felt that it was in the best interest of the football club moving forward for both parties to leave they haven't said that they've said 
the results. He's been a result. I know there's no mitigating. I, th I think it's, I mean, he, he was sat. They could have packaged this differently, as I was saying to uh, Ian. They could have packaged this and said, you know, Nigel, you know, he's got personal concerns about his health. Yeah. We're, 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 we're leaving, you know, it, and they probably have paid him up to the end of his contract anyway. Yeah. As somebody said here on the, uh, on, on the text feed, you know, does, um, uh, you know, Nigel may have wanted this mind. He's looked pretty fed up in recent weeks. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I don't think that holds water really because Yule and, um, Rennie go, what do you make of Yule and Rennie going, uh, Neil? That's a Well, I, well, well, for me, I, it's a strange one that Curtis didn't walk as well. Yeah. Obviously, that they've got this situation where Curtis is there for the Sheffield Wednesday game next week, which is huge. I, I personally thought they were kind of setting him up for the fall a little bit after the Sheffield Wednesday game next week. I yeah. thought if he went into that, didn't get a result, then they would come out and say, look, okay, six losses in eight. We need to make a change or whatever. You played the bottom, bottom team who before today hadn't won a game all season. Yeah. And they were kind of setting them up for it. But obviously, in some ways, they're not giving him the opportunity to actually win on Saturday. Well, if he won on Saturday, I mean, we've got the bottom two clubs. I know Sheffield Wednesday won today, so we wouldn't be the first team to lose to them. But then in a fortnight, it's going to be QPR. And we all know who first game in charge at home that's going to be. That's going to be uh, Neil, Neil Warnock, you know. So I think he would have... I, personally thought he was going to get to the international break because, you know, there are the injuries, yeah? Um, I just think it's been badly handled. I'll ask you a quick uh, question, Neil. Give me a short list of three that you'd be happy with any one of those being appointed. Give me a short list of three. Well, I'm pretty sure I know who's going to be appointed. Well, you uh, think it's Gary yeah. Rowett, Yeah, yeah. But I think as Gary Rower, they'll look at what he's achieved at Millwall and um, top half finishes in the last four seasons, regardless of the actual money, and look at how he's done that on a lesser budget than, um, than what City had. Mm. And using that rationale with, uh, you know, I mean, I hope above all hopes he doesn't go down to Nathan Jones' route. I don't think he will, but then if you he's been quoting Luton for the last bloody year, hasn't mm. he? So, you know, if you're looking at managers that are out of work at the moment that have worked with teams that he has expressed have done well under reduced budgets, then you've got to say Rowett, Nathan Jones, and probably John Eustace yeah. at Birmingham. Yeah. But uh, I can see the bus. Nathan Jones would just be awful, wouldn't it? Having to listen to that Welsh force. Oh my god! Week in week out, yeah. would just do you, I would just do, do my head do, in. Do you, think, do you think? Do you think? Do you think he's had this three-person clear out? Do you think it's a done deal? Because who's going to be okay? There's more than one person I, I, in. I, 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 think I think there's an appointment in the next two or three days. So you think that person yes. will be taking the team in training in preparation for the game against Sheffield Wednesday? No, I think Curtis Fleming's going to be in charge of Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. But I think the appointment may be made a day or two in advance and he's this wonderful sitting up in the stands while Curtis is taking the team this week type moment. OK, all right. Ian, what, Neil's putting pretty much uh, putting his colours to the mast with uh, 
with Gary Rowett, I mean, that's about the level we're at, really, isn't it? I mean, you're not going to get Schumacher from Plymouth, are you? Yeah, because I know they lost at Ipswich, but you know, would 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 we get, we haven't got the network to go abroad, have we? I, I I wouldn't know. I mean, there are surely people that can put you in touch with uh, bright, aspiring managers. And what will be happening at the moment is lots and lots of agents of managers will be ringing John Lansdowne, Steve Lansdowne and um, uh, et al. And saying, have you thought about my guy? He's this, he's that and the other. It sounds to me that the way it was um, couched in that statement as though there has been some kind of meeting and the meeting um, developed into a bit of an argument. Now, I'm not stating that as a fact. It just seems when these things happen, and I've been in companies when they they have happened, um, where they're saying you've got one side of the table saying things like, uh, they, you know, for example, they might have been going out and saying, well, why don't we go out and get some free agents? Because that's the only players available to us now. So, yeah. Brian Tinian, here's a list of free agents. How many of them could you get? And what would they cost him? Pearson might have said, don't want to do that. Well, and this has been part of the problem with Nigel. I mean, look, let's, you know, this 97... Now, this is, this is, can I just say, this is pure supposition. Of course. But I, I've seen, I've seen these sort of things happening in companies where the owner's saying to someone in a particular job well i think why don't you try this why don't you try that why don't you try the other because it's not going very well and then he gets pushback from the guy the girl who says well i'm not going to do that because it doesn't work well why don't do you think it well i've done it other places it hasn't worked well that don't mean to say it doesn't work here mm. and it turns into an argument as opposed of, of a to a constructive conversation mm. around how do we get go forward because yeah. Look, Nigel's record, let's put the cards on the table. Nigel's record this year isn't great. Nigel's record since he walked in the door, and I've, I've set this up just to put some context into this, this issue. Nigel has won 37 games, league games, this is, out of 120, with a minus 32 goal difference. Uh, his win rate is 31%. Mm. He's picked up 39% of the points. And over a season, that would get you 54 points. So it's safe, but no cigar. Yeah. And that is Nigel Pearson's league record. Now, there's all kinds of whys and wherefores, uh, and some people call them excuses. Other people call them reasons. Truth probably lies right in the middle of those two things. Mm. But one thing for sure, it, he ha he can't put his hands up and say, I almost got Bristol City promoted. I got oh. him to the edge of the playoffs. Now, Rowett, on the other hand, and he wouldn't be my choice, took Millwall to win one game of the playoffs. And I think they were something like 3-1 up at home against Blackburn. Yes. And they lost 4-3. You're, right. You're right. Now, that was last season. And this, this is obviously, Steve Lansdowne, as I've been saying on the pod for weeks, is looking at clubs like Luton, uh, Millwall, Coventry, and thinking, well, they haven't got any, they haven't got loads of money. No. And, but look where they are and look yeah. where we are. And we have given Nigel some money to spend, not loads. He hasn't lavished a fortune on him like he no. did with Ashton and Johnson. But it, 
you know, and this this thing has also come up about Nigel slashing the wage bill. He, the way he slashed the wage bill, there was no genius in it. They just let players contract. Players walk out the door for nothing. See, let me just stop you there. Let me ask Neil yeah. uh, a quick question. I've seen the odd rumor, not rumor, the odd comment on social media that there was friction developing between Nigel and Tins, you know, various comments. You've probably seen the same. Um, based on your sources, is there any substance to that at all, that maybe that relationship had broken down? I haven't seen that, David. So I can't comment on that. But for me, the moment that John and Nigel got into that tet last year, his card was marked. Yeah. You know, when Lansan came back, came swanning in, said, well, I would have hoped for better results than this. And Lan and Pearson has almost gone, who the hell are you almost to do it? You're never here. Well, you know, you're making comments on all of this type thing. Just go off back to your dad type thing. And um, then I thought his card was marked. I thought after that, there's no way they're going to extend his contract. But um, I think it's got petty. I, I cannot believe that there would have been another manager that wouldn't have been given some of the uh, the money. This concept that John Lansdowne has come out with, with Nest Egg, this Nest Egg comment, that's Nest Egg for the next manager, isn't it? Well, that it's looking not, like that now because, we're, we're, yeah. That, that, that is not we're Nest Egg as a club. That is... Is that, is that John or Steve now? He's yeah. going to move us forward. Then we will release funds. We're not going to do it with this guy. No. And and basically, you know, he was forced into the situation with uh, Gardner Hickman. Um, because of McCrory. 700,000. Yeah. Yeah. Because of McCrory's situation, he was going to be out for a significant period of time. I mean... So that, you know... Neil, let me ask you this. I mean, we're we're look, yeah. not we're we're all saying Nigel's being shafted and there's the injuries there. But to some extent, you know, back in the summer, maybe before the, the squeeze was put on, back in the summer, you know, if we weren't going to spend the money, we could have had loans. And Nigel hasn't helped himself with this. I don't want to develop other clubs players yet. Yeah? Now, every club that we come up against week in, week out has got one, maybe two players from top sides that are making a difference. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's a bit of a, he's stuck in his ways over certain things, isn't he? Yes. And, you know, he could have made a play. All right, they're not going to give me two million quid to spend and commit to a three-year contract, but let me see if I can identify, or Brian, is there another Tammy Abraham out there that could have come in, you know, at the start of the season, because the, the the thing about Scott and all of that, it all happened during the transfer window, yeah, and you know towards the end of the transfer window to some extent. So has Nigel not helped himself in that res in that respect, in your view? And I'll ask you in the same question, but you first, Neil. He is who he is. He's been in the game long enough. He's going to stand there. And he's going to say, this is my point of view. He's not a young manager going out of his way to impress and work with. He is somebody who says, this is this is me. This is my plan. This is how I'm going to go about it. If you don't like it, well, then you don't like it. Sorry. But this is the way that I'm going to... He's always been that way with us, David. He's, he's never... 
he's, he's always come across as somebody who has a plan. Now, what, what I'd say with it, yeah, the results have not been great. And Ian obviously went down into the detail there. And I don't fall out with any of that, with the results. But at least it felt in the last year, year and a half, as in there was some form of stability. I mean, the last time we actually had a manager, Gary Johnson, who spent and spent and spent, got quite close, didn't quite get there, got sat. We went into a bit of a cluster, didn't we? And, you know, eventually budgets were cut, whatever. People were allowed little bits of money, but not so much. And we went through the Millen, uh, Millen O'Driscoll McKinney's period. O'Driscoll yeah. scenario, and then we dropped down a division. We've been in this division now for longer than any time since the 1970s. Yeah. And ultimately, he what he bought is stability and he bought a plan. Now, unfortunately, we got to the stage where the, the third year, yeah, it's taken longer than I would have hoped, etc. Injuries haven't helped this year. If we hadn't had the injuries this year, what would we be looking at? I think there were thereabouts with playoffs, really. It's all a bit congested. Well, it's it. this is a very off. congested division. Yeah, it's a very congested I mean, division. You, you, the Stoke game. You take the Stoke game. Three more points, where would we be? 21 points. Yeah. 21 points from 14 games. Point and a half a game. Yeah. Right, okay. You know, and then, and then you turn around and you, you can see how we have struggled over the last four or five games with injuries. But that's a short-term thing. To turn around and hit somebody round the head, metaphorically speaking, with its, its results-based thing and all the rest of it, at a time where you're making you're making a short-term decision. That, that That's where this whole decision-making for me, if you're going to make a decision, that's for you. You put enough money into the club, you are the owners of the club, whatever. Mm. But don't say it's about results. Don't say the ambition of the club this is the second... Have we actually heard from John Lansan this season? No, 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 no. Have no. we actually heard from John Lansan? The first time he comes out and says, well, obviously it was all about... Our ambition was about promotion this year. And you're like, what? The, so the first time we've seen the chairman this season is when he comes on and sacks somebody. No, yeah, it, no, no, Neil, he, Neil, he, you're he, absolutely he, right. He about Alexander. When Alexander left, that was the other comment by John Lansan. So the only time you hear from the chairman is when somebody sacks or leaves under mutual. Yeah, I think we haven't heard from John Lansdowne uh, as in his spoken word. The only person from the hierarchy that we've heard what? from a spoken word was Steve Lansdowne saying um, when he handled the sale of Scott. And then about three weeks later, Phil Alexander was saying, I was deeply honoured to be involved in uh, in the sale of Alex Scott. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bad at the top. Ian, let me ask you that same question. Nigel, we all know what Nigel's like as a, well, we don't know indeed. We know what Nigel, the football manager persona is like. He's got his own way of doing things. And he said, even after the, um, the comments that he made, he says, I might say things in a way that, you know, doesn't come across in, a, you know, in the, I'll call it politically correct sort of fashion. Yeah. Or, corporate political correctness I'm talking about there. But he doesn't help himself sometimes, Ian. And, you know, he hasn't played the lone field when every other club in this division has. So this doesn't justify what's happened today. But do you agree with me that he hasn't helped himself with that loan, not playing the loan market? Well, he hasn't helped himself in terms of results. 
if if Nigel Pier if we listen if we, if we were in the top six, uh, and that would only take another half a dozen points. And it's already saying, well, if we'd have done this against Stoke and if we'd have done this against so and so, well, that's if you're anti, isn't it? Yeah. So and and every club could say that every season. Um, the fact is that the Pearson Holden season and the last the two seasons after that, we won 15 games, which in most seasons is going to keep you up, but not going to get you anywhere near the playoffs. And that's where we've been. Now, that's the situation. Now, does he help himself by his the way he makes comments and his demeanour? No. Because um, the guy was asking him a, a fairly vanilla question after the game, a fellow from Radio Bristol. I think it might have been Ali Durden or somebody else said to him, well, you know, debuts today for full debut for Joe James and uh, and then um, Jamie like Knight LaBelle came on and it well yeah but you know I don't want to talk about debuts and you know I mean I'm fed up with people telling us what a good side we are and what nice football they play we play when they've beaten us I'd rather they said we were a bunch of thugs and we won games one nil um because that gets you more points now Nigel can't complain about any dismissal based on his record but and, and if the club wanted to do certain things and he didn't want to do it then the only way around it is to park company with with an owner now and this is i'll keep coming back to this thing about an owner and i i don't think it was uh john lansdowne that talked about the nest egg i thought that was steve, steve in a radio Gern, yeah it was steve. radio guernsey interview yes. so we need yes. to be careful what he said was John was doing something like a kit launch and one of the reporters said to him, well, how well do you think you're doing? And he said, well, I hope we'd be higher up the table than we are than when we were about 17th. And uh, then uh, John uh, and the, the same day they put it to Nigel and one of the comments he made was about the, the transfer strategy of selling our best players every year mm. before he came in. And he said he said the strategy was bonkers. Yeah, that was a term now, that he used. Yeah, it, it was, and that was Steve's stroke John's strategy that they'd agreed with Mark Ashton, and and it did backfire, and it we didn't get the success, and it did leave us with two years where combined we almost lost seventy million quid. So let's not forget that. Uh, so it's now down to Steve and John um, to um appoint the right guy and get the club moving in the right direction on the field because it's okay talking about the academy and the women's team and one thing and another but it's not okay if the men's first team isn't doing very well yeah um and the the men's first team is the most important thing um the club if that's going well the rest of it honestly does it really matter well it matters but not as much as the results of the yeah. men's first team no you're right i'm just gonna uh say neil's uh had to leave us i'm just seeing if i can call chris on her chris you there chris chris um chris we're doing uh a, a pod at the moment uh it's good you got five minutes just to give us your thoughts on what you texted me We're going. We, we started it about half hour ago. Ian, myself, we've had Neil on, so uh, just jump in. I mean, you sent me the text. Uh, you sent me a link to the report that came out about 
uh, an hour or so ago, about an hour and a quarter ago to be precise. Um, just give us your thoughts, the timing, surprised or, or, or not? Yeah, shocked, disappointed, um, a bit stunned, um, gutted. Um, yeah, I thought he was building something um, that I trusted. Um, two big games coming up now, Shifford Wednesday. Um, and QPR, two winnable games um, with uh, more than a team missing, almost nine players missing, almost the spine of the, the side. Um, you know, if you bring a guy in now, um, what hope does that give him? He's got to, uh, he's got a battle on with a, basically a teammate doesn't really know. Maybe they're going to leave it in the hands of a caretaker to take the flak, but I think the fans are going to be really upset by this decision and all I can see is a, a big falling out that must have occurred and um, yeah it's going to when, be when do you think that happened Chris do you think you know do you think it was I mean I know I allegedly Lansdowne was uh, father and son I guess were at the Bristol Harlequins game uh, yesterday um, you know what 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 do you think brought it to a head so sudden because we were all thinking we said on the pod You've got the bottom two clubs coming up. Okay, Sheffield Wednesday did get their first win today. And we know QPR away, probably going to be Neil Warnock's first game in his third spell at the club back in charge. I thought he'd get to the international break. Were you of a similar mind set on that, Chris? Yeah, I, you know, if he was going to make a change, it was definitely going to be international break for me. Not that I even saw a change coming. I mean, that's... I mean, what a job um, he's got on at the moment with so many players injured. You, you know, you're struggling bringing in academy lads um, who, you know, by the way, they did, you know, admirably, you know, they did really well. Um, but, you know, how can you be judged on a, on a team that is so injury ravaged as they are at the moment? It must be a personal issue. It must have been um, something to do with what he... He must have spoken out of turn. That interview he gave in the last uh, couple of weeks, last fortnight, uh, must have upset them. Um, it must have uh, it must have affected their relationship and perhaps the Lansdowne thought time was up. Um, let's do it now um, whilst they still have control. Yeah. Uh, I've got to be honest, I've only found out the news in the last 10 minutes. I just well, you only said, I don't know if you've read the whole press release there, but were you aware that uh, Dave Wren is gone and Jason Yule and Curtis Fleming is being there to hold on as as allegedly coaching the team ready for the Sheffield Wednesday game but you know there's three of them have gone you know it's like it looks like three sackings you, you what's your thoughts on the other two guys leaving well you, you know they usually clear the whole team out don't they you know mm. it's, they're the guys that um are, are Nigel Pearson's support mechanism um they've cleared the whole decks um they obviously um feel as if um they want a, a, a clean start and at the moment they could feel as if they can do that until uh, they get the people out that support Nigel so strongly perhaps they handed in their resignation at the same time once they heard the news but um, mm. yeah it's a tough one you know okay. I, as I said I've only found out I'm in mean, my phone's absolutely going mad I've got right. I'll let you go Chris I jumped to you. I saw your text and I, I, I put you on the spot to just come on very quickly um, yeah. runners and runners and runners and riders I mean the the, 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 the smart money would appear to be on Gary Rowett. Um, I don't know him as a person at all. You know, we've been talking on here that he's got a track record at this level and managing within a small budget. I mean, if you had a, if you had to pick a shortlist of three that you think would be 
you know, acceptable in your head? You know, you think, well, that's not a bad appointment. What would your what would your three be? Well, I was getting the impression that, you know, Nigel was trying to push for an extension of his contract. Um, and Lansdowne possibly had someone in mind for the summer and they were just trying to drag it out. Um, perhaps there was a, a manager who'd been sacked elsewhere who wanted to spend his compensation and take a, a back seat for a couple of um weeks and months um maybe you know see their family i heard an interview with uh, rowlett on on talk sport just recently where he said he's been commuting to uh, the birmingham area whilst he's been doing the millwall job and he wants to spend some more time with the family um so you know perhaps he's been talked into returning to football earlier than um, perhaps he wanted to um maybe him he used this at um Birmingham would be another one. He's done a decent job over the last few months, um, leading up to obviously um, Mooney taking over. Yeah, that's gone well. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the next appointment is a big one. You know, it's uh, I, I dread to think. I'm a, I'm a little bit shell shocked. I've got to be honest. I'm a little bit disappointed because I, I like the club with stability. And, you know, and I was almost proud of the fact that. Nigel Pearson was one of the longest surfing managers in the championship. Yeah. And it was only just been over two and a half years. I mean, that just goes to. And we had show. this, and he did whatever you say about him. We, we were talking earlier before he came on about hasn't played the loan market, but whatever's happened, and Ian said he hasn't really slashed the wage bill in himself. It's just let the contracts run down and the players have walked out through the door. But the fact of the matter is, he's presided over a reset, a massive reset over the last three years financially as we've tried to get over losing that money and we've retained championship status and here we are barely a third of the way into the season. We could quite easily win <laughs> the next two games against the bottom two clubs and we'd be knocking on the door of the playoffs again. You know, it's... And that's what makes me think it's... It's, it's personal, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what makes me think it's more political than it is, you know, yeah. uh, the results on the pitch. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny the statement from John Lansdowne um, suggests it's all about results, result driven um, decision. But as soon as someone says that, that's true. They're trying to divert you away from the real issue, aren't they? So, no, that's true. True. I, I, I think I think it's uh, political. I think there's uh, an ongoing argument between maybe him and um, Nigel Pearson, and uh, the decision's been made. and you know, we'll be looking for a new manager. Well, two strikes and you're out, basically, because he used the term bonkers about within the last, well, about a year ago to describe the strategy on chancers before he got there. And then he used the irritated comment about things recently. But uh, no, I think I think it's I think it's personal as much as football reasons. Chris, I know you've you're busy and I jumped on you with this, but look, thanks a lot for that contribution. I'm sure we'll hear more from uh, all sorts of people, but uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and chatting it through with uh, all your other callers. All the best, Chris. Cheers. No, no, no Cheers, Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. God, blimey, it's like sat here in a proper bloody radio studio or something like that, isn't it? Well, I've got um, uh, a Twitter poll Yeah. Uh, for the next manager. Yeah. Uh, 515 votes. Uh, Rowett, 14. Eustace, 42, Beale, 17, and others, uh, 27. Mm -hmm. So it would appear that Eustace is the most popular out of the ones currently being touted, but I'll, I'll try and find some um, other, other, other names on here. Warnock has come up until the end of the season. Liam Rossinier, ex-City player. Um, 
I don't want him, but we'll go cheap and get someone like Danny Cowley. I wouldn't want that either. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, then uh, Gary Monk has come up. He's been linked with the Rovers job. Um, Joey Barton. Nathan Jones. Mark, <laughs> Mark Robbins, but highly unlikely. Um, Joey Barton. Graham Potter. Graham Potter. Uh, Chris Wilder. Yeah. Um there's a few. No, uh, no, Ian, Ian, there's a few. Oh. There's, a few, there's a few good names there, isn't there? Really, but I mean, the thing well, is, Frank, Frank Lampard's another one. This come no, up. You see, I would, I wouldn't. You know, if you if you look, you just rattled off some names there, and Frank Lampard, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Wouldn't fancy him here at all. Somebody's just put Steve Gerrard. Well, at least he'd be playing in front of a crowd if he came to Ashton Gate, because I think it was, what was it, 976 at one of those Saudi Arabian games that he was in charge of. But um, do you think the Lansdowns are going to appear on Radio Bristol within the next 24 hours? Do you think they'll be on Sound of the City tomorrow night? Um, well, I would imagine everybody at Radio Bristol is is contacting Steve and John and saying, come on the show. Um, I mean, you, whether really they'll want want... you really want to hear from the, the bloody uh, organ grinder, don't you, really? And that is Steve. Yeah? Well, you, you do, you but it's what, not just... John, whenever, John, it... whenever John's interviewed, he's like, the, he's, like the he's like the guy who's got a terrorist stood next to him. No, that's bad take. He's like the guy stood with a gun at his head just out of camera shot, you know. Well, I think... It... They, they will want to come on when they've got something to say. A lot of the questions they're going to be asked are going to be just easily batted off. Uh, we're going to go through, remember when we went through a rigorous and nationwide global, no doubt, process, and we picked the bloke in the next office to Lee Johnson. Mm. Um, it, I'm afraid it, they're going to have to come up with something concrete, but also... The strategy and saying we want to get in the Premier League is a bit like me saying I want to go out with Carol Vorderman. I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I, the, I don't know, Ian. I don't think she's that choosy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it, but it is, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like saying that. Now, so okay. Well, are you are you going to ring her up? No, no. I, I don't. I haven't got her number. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I might send her a tweet or something like that. Uh, but um, no, look, it. it it's a wish and it's not a realistic wish. Now, if Leicester said we want to get back in the Premier League, OK, then you think, yeah, yeah, they, you know, they they lost their best players, but they've replaced them with very, very good players. Probably what I'll call lower Prem level, not not championship players. And it shows. But Ipswich have gone about it a completely different way. And that's worked as well. Now, that's probably something else this got up Steve Lansdowne's nose. And the last thing that an owner wants is to be told that what they're doing is bonkers or wrong or spoken back to. They don't like you speaking back to them, especially in an aggressive way. And I've fallen victim of that myself. Mm. So, look, it, it, it's, um, it, it's something that I think they've got to get it right. And it did none of this. Oh, well, you know, Curtis is a great guy and we're going to give him the job until January or something like that, because I think that would just wind people up even more. Uh, but at the end of the day, as we said on the pod last night, spookily enough, it's all about results and you've got to get results. And if I don't know, some fellow we'd never heard of 
from, I don't know, South Korea came in and we started winning game after game after game, everybody would be perfectly happy with him. Yeah. And, and well, it do you really know what? It's almost matter. exactly, Ian, do you know what? It's almost exactly 25 years ago to the day, and I'd say give or take three maybe, that we got rid of uh, John Ward. And if you remember, we beat Bolton, I think it was a Friday night on a Sky game, and John Ward mm -hmm. had gone by the Monday. I was doing club call back in the day, and they wheeled in Benny Lenartson who was up at the Avon Gorge Hotel yeah. for the press conference. I mean, and, you know, we probably lost the next two matches. What was it? 5-1 and 6-0, I think it was. That was the was that the famous Wolves game yeah. with the uh, Maskers. Yeah, Wolves, in, Wolves at home in Bradford away. Um, I think, I think a, a few things are going to happen. I think you'll see us, I think Brian Tinian, as we speak, will be looking at bringing in free agents. Um. And they'll Ian, have they're to going to get up to match fitness, haven't they? Daniel Ayala yeah, was well, 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 they might have been training with another club. Anything could have been happening. They, they might be fit. So they might be on short-term deals elsewhere that they can get out of and play for us. So I think that's one thing that's going to happen because, you know, we've been decimated by injuries. Forget why the whys and wherefores. We just have. It's a fact and we have to proceed with it. Um, now... The other thing is, is they're going to be finding the person they consider the right manager. And the profile, people are quite right in what they're saying. It'd be somebody who can work on a small budget. So we won't get a big time, Charlie. So I think that would rule out people like Frank Lampard. Um, we won't get anybody who says, well, you know, obviously I, I'll need 15 million and I need to bring in a complete entourage of people with me. That guy's not coming in. Um, and, and it, it will be someone who's done well at a similar Gary club. Gary Rowett. coming back to Gary Rowett, don't we? Well, it could be the guy that's got the Preston job at the moment, Ryan Lowe. Um, it could be Schumacher at Plymouth. They'll look around for people who, who've done well. It could be Nathan Jones done well on a if small budget. If you're an employed manager, though, what would your perception... Yeah, if you're out of work, you'll say anything to get a job. I know that in what I do. People say, oh, yeah, I'll move house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you've always lived in Liverpool and this job's down in Crawley. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'll move. And then you know it's not sustainable, right? You know that's not sustainable. I mean, you know, what? what is the perception of the football club in the eyes of the football world? You know, does the football world think Nigel has done a good job? What does the football world think of Steve Lansdowne? Yeah. What, you know, what's, you know, and if you're in a job, why would you come here? Why would you, why would Schumacher leave Plymouth or Ryan Lowe leave um, Preston? And I'll be honest, you know, of the two you mentioned there, Schumacher, yeah, oh, he's probably better than Ryan Lowe, both, you know, but, we, you know, will they think Nigel's been hard done by? Well, no. <laughs> I think they'll, they're, there's one thing for sure. The, the facilities are an attraction. So if you look at both those clubs, you'd probably say that Ashton Gate is more up together than Home Park in Deepdale. Um, the, the training facilities are probably 100, 100 150% better, uh, especially when you throw the, the one that the Bears uh, have got into the equation. So there's that. There's the academy, which is seems to be quite well thought of but as far as i remember a manager years ago whether it still applies um 
And this was during Steve Lansdowne's time. And it was one of his appointments who said, I said, how do people view us away from Bristol? And he said, oh, people always say Bristol's a nice place to live and they can do the money. The club can do the money. Well, at the moment, I don't think we can do the money. Mm. So it just comes to, is it a nice place to live? And and people, it is one of the most popular places in the country to live. Is that part so, of the problem that we're we're soft? You know that it's oh, you know Bristol City, yeah, no, and and they used to say that when we were in the first division forty odd years ago. You know, we we paid we paid top dollar, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to read Tomo said on here, get it right, Ian. Have they ever got it right? They did with Cox and pulled the trigger on him as soon as they could because he spoke out and was a yes man. It was he was not a yes man, and that is part. Mm -hmm. Somebody else has made that comment about Rowett. Rowett can be a little bit prickly as well. Look at the circumstances as to how he left uh, Birmingham. Okay, that was his choice. He thought, you know, but you don't want a manager that if a better offer comes along, he's going to clear off. In about in about twelve months' time, yeah, well, that, yeah, but that's that's managers for you, Dave. I mean, what do you do if if you're managing Bristol City and Liverpool come along and say, "Can you come in, manage us?" You ain't going to say no, are you? Of course you're not. But that's not going to happen because we're not going to get that we're not going to get that caliber of uh, caliber of manager. I mean, look when when uh, Richard Gould went uh, alleged, well, not allegedly, fact, I believe, Lansdowne sought the council of Richard Scudamore, and hence we got Phil Alexander. Now, you could argue that went well, but the more this goes on, you wonder whether it's people with football knowledge thinking, I can't work with a Lansdowne. Who do you think, who do you think John and Steve will be seeking the counsel of when it comes to getting the next manager? You, do you think it will be Brian Tinian? They're not going to appoint him, surely not, as Tomo said, yeah? But do you think Brian is saying he's a good bloke? What what are they going to do? I mean, they're probably shitting themselves, thinking, "Oh my God, you know, we might actually get some, we might actually get some stick at the home game against Sheffield Wednesday if we get this wrong, right?" So who's giving them who's giving them advice? Do you think, or do you think not? Well, if if the, this sacking was planned, and if it's been going on with unrest behind the scenes for weeks, as numerous people have alluded to. Um, then they will have prepared a shortlist or, or put feelers out or whatever. And football such an incestuous game that Nigel Pearson might have heard about it. Uh, Which is now, maybe that, why he said if, what he said to Radio Bristol. Well, hopefully. Yes, if it that's if it was planned. Now, if it wasn't planned, and they've had. Uh, some kind of meeting and they've had a falling out um then all of a sudden they've got to find three people because it could have been that Pearson said well if that's how you feel lads you better sack me and they said right okay you're fired yeah. and then Jason Ewells looked up and said well I'm with Nigel well you're fired as well and then Dave Rennie's probably said well I don't want to work with another manager other than Nigel and well you're you're off as well then so it, it could have happened like that. We don't know, but it seems as though it's come to a head over the, the last few weeks. And, well, say so it's now come to a head following what's been going on for the last few weeks. But he's not been a happy camper. Um, he said himself that there's always, you know, for every opinion, there's a counter opinion. Mm. And, you know, it may be that his opinion and Steve and John's opinion may have been polar opposites 
And you can't go forward like that. No. I remember saying saying no. to an owner once when he said, well, if you can't agree with what I'm what I'm saying, we may have to part company. And I said, well, I think you're doing a great job as a, as a CEO. Yeah. He, said, he, said, I'm, he said, I'm not talking about me, mate. I'm talking about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, these Tomo, said, Tomo said on here, if Lansdowne opens up the purse in January, how, how disrespectful that would be to Nigel Pearson. If that happens, it will prove to all of us it was personal. I think it's personal as well. No, it's, ah, wait a minute. No, I, I disagree. I don't think they get on personally like Steve saw Lee Johnson as his protege, right? It's not that kind of relationship. But I don't think you could say it's personal because it's not like we're top of the table and he's done this. No, it, no it, and that's it's it. business. It's five defeats in seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just that, Dave. It's his record over the last two and a half seasons. All right. And it's not good. You, you can talk all you like about injuries and circumstances and players leaving the club, X, Y, Z, but it, it's not, he's not had a great record. He's not had a great impact. Now, you may say, oh, well, he, he sorted out players' contracts and he's done this and he's done that. And then you say, well, is that him or the CEO or how much is Brian Tinian involved? And we don't really know. So, and there's loads of people want to take credit for cutting the wage bill. And like I said, I don't think they've done anything incredibly clever they just either bought players off uh or they've gone to um they've let them run down their contracts which is and a very expensive way of doing it know, with famara and the so, Chelsea trio yeah ian let yeah. me just pick up on a couple of other comments on the text feed uh yeah david 91 bcfc said i'd like scott parker but the board are way too tight to pay his wages i'm sorry david I would not want to see Scott Parker here. I don't think he's all that. I know he took Fulham up and he took Bournemouth up as well, but they both splashed the cash. Never mind his wages. What do you think of Scott Parker as a name to throw in the throw in the mix? Well, he, he, like you say, he hasn't done bad, but he's done it at clubs that are what I call ex-prem clubs. Um, and um, yeah, I, th I think he falls into that bright young coach category, but I think he's currently out of work. Um which and means that they would probably start winning under Fleming because you know we could easily win the next two, we could easily lose the next two, and then as we said yesterday, it's followed up with uh, Middlesbrough at home. I know they lost yesterday, but they were having a good run. Southampton away, you know, we could, if the injury crisis continues, you'd lay odds on on us potentially losing the next four. Yeah, but um, if you if, look at a comment that Adam Wyatt has just made on the feed, Dave. Let's be honest. We don't know what went on and we never will. Injuries have killed us. But on the other hand, the football at home has been absolute dross and the results haven't been good enough. And I, I said last night on the pod, and I've said on previous pods, my overwhelming emotion um, when I'm down at Ashton Gate recently watching the games has been boredom. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not entertaining to watch. We're just not. No. And you, you don't, you know, I said it half time against... Um, against Ipswich we're playing okay but I just can't see where our goal's going to come from no we don't look full of goals do we we don't look well, like Nigel a side who's said Nigel said it was going to be fast front foot attacking football I mean do you think yeah, it hasn't been no but is that is that because we haven't because you take take the there've been one or two games where we've started to be a little bit more I don't know I mean you look at Ipswich and they had a, have we got an identity has, has Pearson instilled a playing identity or has are the injuries the mitigating circumstances here 
Well, it's both. It's both. If if we, I think our squad, fully fit and on form, is a top ten championship squad. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Right, but as I said to you earlier offline, we've probably got. If I was picking a team, we've got seventy five percent of our first choice back four injured. We've got sixty six percent of our holding central midfield. I'm I'm talking about a four two three one. Yeah. We've probably got our best centre forward um, out injured. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, that's three out of four players. So that's three. That's two in the midfield. That's five. And there's another one that's six. Now, when I, I looked at the players that are currently injured, I thought somewhere between seven and nine of them would be in my first 11. Now, you cannot take that many you couldn't take that many first choice players out of man city and it, it expect them to do as well as do as well as they they do so we need to be realistic about it but we've also you know uh, andy kings out allegedly with a hamstring injury again he's had two hamstring injuries since well, he's, he's on a one year here. contract that was going to be my next question here i wonder how I wonder how the players feel about it because you've got the Leicester contingent with Matty James and Andy King. And then there's a general view that, and like a lot of managers that aren't doing so well, there's the old comment, lost the dressing room. But the general view is that in oh, recent no. games, let me finish, in recent games, we have been given 110%, but it's just not been good enough. You know, he's not lost the dressing room. The players seem to quite like him. Um, from everything I hear, you know, in the grapevine and on the rumour mill and all the rest of it, you don't get this, everybody hates Pearson. And, and although a season or so back, he was he was throwing them under the bus like he was going out of fashion. Remember that? The one time I saw the fan base really have a pop at him was after he made the comments about not trusting Rob Atkinson when he played Andy yeah. King centre-half. When look, how was treated, available. look how he treated Cam Pring, that Preston game not so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach Viner at Swansea, they've all had it. Uh, but one thing I do think, I think he's even-handed. He'll dish it out to who he thinks it needs to be dished out to. But um, And he's one of these guys, my way or the highway, yeah. which is great when you're successful and when you're winning. And he hasn't yeah. been. Yeah. Now, you can, you can talk all day about injuries and contracts and money and this, that and the other. But lands that you can see what how Lansdowne's mind's working. And I'm talking about Steve. He's he's looking at it. So, well, hang on a minute. Where's where's the multi-billionaire backer of Luton? Where's the multi-billionaire backer of Coventry? Mm. Where, where all these Millwall were up there last season? Where why can all these clubs do it? And well, we can't. And that's really the coaching. And that is the coaching, it's the methodology. And you know, and how many times he in every podcast this season, you know. How many times are we well in the ball? You know, we're playing with three strikers. They don't play together. The, the Wyman, Semenyo and Martin, that was three strikers playing in a unit. And that was evidenced by them scoring 50 goals in that season and contributing with mutual assists in about 30 of them, if I recall correctly. That was a unit. Now we've got three strung out and we keep it in high balls. Yeah. And we should have had a bloke like George Hurst or Mate, 
Yeah, I mean, it was dishing it out against us the other day. You you need somebody oh, who can oh, hold. Yeah, you need somebody who can hold the ball up, and you don't want to head on a stick. Now, a lot of people at the start of the season, uh, on social media and everywhere else, were saying, "Well, we think we're three or four players short." Mm. And when Scotty was sold, we thought we'd bring those players in. Might have been on loan, might have been on perms, yeah. whatever. Yeah. We thought we'd bring them in. No one's come in, and we only got. Gardner Hickman because the the long term nature of the injury to Ross McCrory, yeah. who lest we forget picked that up at a fitness and conditioning camp. And the other thing that I think we did badly wrong <clears throat> was in our preseason friendlies, where we played dross. Yeah. And you, you you know we we uh, looked to me like we went into the Preston game first game of the season pretty undercooked. Yeah, um, no, we said that. I mean, we were playing dross teams and, you know, we rattled it. What was it, 22 goals in the first five friendlies? Oh, it was but something ridiculous. But don't forget, we lost Alex Scott to an injury and Nigel was saying, obviously, on information given to him, oh, we're thinking we'll have Scotty back for the Millwall game. Mm. And Scotty started playing about two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. October, no, mid October. This is, I think, this, uh, Ian, I think this, this is on this is on Twitter. I'm just having a quick look at that. Uh, a guy, Steve Bennett, he said, replying to forever, forever Bristol won, Ian will be delighted. I don't think you are delighted, Ian. It's just we want results. We want the best for Bristol City. And, you know, he, you've got a toxic recipe here of a manager and a chairman who don't get on and crap results on the field based on the last seven games. Well, you've, you've yeah. Uh, no, I'm not delighted. And there, as I said earlier on, I didn't dislike Pearson. I dislike the results he got in the football he played a lot of the time. And... Anybody that can say to me, well, I, th I think we played great football and we got really good results. You haven't been watching the same team as I have for the last three seasons. No. So it's not, I, I don't, um, no, do, do I, I might, that's why I said, I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked. No. And let's, let's go back to some comments on here. Um, you know, people talking about, let's be fair, it hasn't been great. Uh, Benny on here, it has been dull. Yeah, at home, and it has. It's now, it's Dave, Dave, ninety-one. He said he's a manager of Reims in France, talking about Scott Parker. But I think the manager of Reims in France isn't he that English kid that took a couple of coaching badges? And I saw him. He got set. He got a red card in a French game the other day, and then there was a clip of him on Twitter apologizing to the referee for his remarks. He, he's the manager of Reims, and he. Do you know what I'm talking about there? Ian? I think vaguely, Dave, but he's a young, not, he's a young know, lad, not, isn't he? That's not. I'm no expert. Over. I know. I saw the program about the kid. You mean, but I'm not 100 percent sure, so I won't mm. comment on it. But all right, okay. No, I, I think we've done. As I say, no, I'm not delighted to see him lose his job, particularly when he's in ill health. Yeah, but his record does not stand up against other other to oh, other yeah. clubs. I mean, the first season Luton made the playoffs. They had 20 players out injured at one time. Yeah. Yeah. They still made the playoffs. So let's not keep throwing that up and saying, well, he's had no money to spend. He's had as much money to spend prior to this season than the managers at the well, clubs and that think, Steve Lansdowne and I think maybe Ian, I think maybe are, where, are doing okay. How many times have we said on here, you know, as you say, Pearson's had a reasonable amount of money compared to Manny. And poor old Steve Lansdowne, he's spent a third of a billion if you take ground improvements, infrastructure and funding losses. And out of those losses, obviously, players and players' wages. And he it probably dawned on him maybe about a year ago that how come 
some people have achieved a lot more for a hell of a lot less. Now, he's made a lot of bad decisions. You know, he has chucked a lot of money in. Yeah. Uh, it's the sort of money that if I had his money and a love of a football club, you'd probably do that. Although I think it's his, uh, his son was the one with the love of the club. Um, you know, we it, it is a watershed moment. We hope they get it. Uh, we hope they get it right. Um, final question, Ian. Do you think there'll be a new manager in place by the time we play Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday? It wouldn't, it, it, I'm not going to say definitely, but it wouldn't surprise me. And I think that scenario, the manager being sat up in the stand watching a Curtis Fleming um, take control of the side for the game is probably the right one. They they should, for all the time this has been bubbling under, uh, you would think they would have identified who they want if, and even then- if it all went, even if it all went pear-shaped. In a in a meeting and a meeting turned into an argument, which, yeah. as I say, that's supposition. It could, I don't have know. it could have happened. We don't know. And then the final final question: yeah. Do you think that whoever the new manager is, that come the January transfer window, we will spend not big, but we'll have maybe a transfer budget to spend on wages or loan players? Do you think that is now a possibility? And Lansdowne rather foolishly used that term nest egg because in his mind Pearson was going to be going and he's kept that up his sleeve uh, in a way that you know we could have a great run between now and Christmas that we could give that new manager some funds our injured players are going to be coming back or with all the injuries as you've just said Ian you know this squad when they're all fit (laughs) never going to happen they're a top 10 squad maybe I'll hang on to the money but I'll keep my question short, <laughs> joke. Um, do you think there'll be money in the transfer window for permanent signing or um, loan players? I think there'll be a, a money in the uh, January budget if they bring a new guy in uh, for both. Okay. Um, and I think, look, one good thing about loans is um, when people say, well, don't want to develop another club's player. I wouldn't mind getting another Tammy Abraham to play up front. No, well, his uh, goals uh, in the division that year, didn't they? Similar exactly, they did. But and but in another season, point, those goals could send you out the other way, couldn't they? Yeah, and and so so let's let's do that. I mean, I don't think. Um, and the other thing about them is, if they don't quite work out, then you've only got them for a, a, a limited amount of time and a limited amount of uh, money. And then they're gone. Bit like Taylor so, Hickman. Bit like Gardner Taylor Hickman. You know, we've got an option to buy. We haven't got to buy him. Yeah. No, Taylor Taylor Gardner Hickman. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> him as well. Uh, but no, I, I think, uh, I, yeah, on on that on that front, yes, I think there'll be money available. And I think, I don't think he was referring to that when he talked about the nest egg. Um, but I, I think oh. you can I can understand it from Let's. Steve's point of view because he's pumped in loads and loads of money and got not much to show for it That's apart it. from the two two lovely training grounds and a nice shiny stadium. Exactly. exactly. So right. so let's let's see what develops. But I'd be I would say shocked, but I'd be quite surprised if we haven't got anybody. You know, the heir point, uh, the heir to the throne. Uh, in the director's box 
for the Sheffield Wednesday game. I'd well, be quite surprised. And it'll be interesting to see who that is. Ian, thanks for that. Thanks for uh, Chris Honour and uh, Neil Sutton, who both came on uh, unexpectedly for them, because I said we're doing a live podcast now. Uh, we'll get this uh, uploaded, but it's available on YouTube uh, anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, a few people have been watching that. I'm sure Radio Bristol will be uh, Sound of the City. should be interesting on Monday. I'm sure Paul Binning will probably do this evening uh, uh, Twitter or X Spaces thing. Uh, but those of you who listen, thanks a lot for that. I'm going off for my Sunday tea or supper at six o'clock at Escala on the seafront in Cleveland. Now I'm not looking for a free meal for giving you a pug there, but uh, looking forward to doing that. Ian, you're probably hopeful that your dog hasn't uh, had another uh, mini explosion out of its bottom. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, David. Yeah, I know. And uh, is he getting better? Is he getting better, the old boy? Um, well, I hope so. Yeah. No, he's all right. He's he's let down beside, yeah. let down um, beside me here. So, I mean, um, and if we yeah, do get a new right. manager, if we do get a new manager, we'll have the appointment podcast episode. Yeah, and I'm going to see if I can get um, there's a song called "He's Gone." Was that Daryl Hole and John Oates? Yeah, correct. Like, I might stick that. I might stick that. Up. And and it was called it was called She's Gone. So you may have to edit. Yeah, it. but he, she, you know, you can sing lots of songs where you just swap the gender around, you know, just to see who's singing. Um, there we go. All right, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening, and those of you who've been watching, thanks a lot. Yeah, God bless everybody. When the red red robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are ba-ba-bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes ba-ba-bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.